Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. Sorcery is real and dangerous. It isn't only something for the movies. It controls people and what they do and how they act. It is from Satan, and he is thrilled about destroying the lives of as many humans as he can. But God is all-powerful, and he is there to save each and every one who calls upon his name. Susie Baldwin is a career missionary since 1999. She first served the Otomari people of Benin. Now she and her husband, Fidel, are serving the people groups of the Pinjari region. Susie will share with us a number of instances where she and her team had to cast out demons with prayer and with the authority of God. Here is her story. I have killed several people through sorcery, Bienvenu said. One of them was a lady here in our village. This coming from a small, thin boy of 12 years old. Bienvenu, meaning welcome, is the first son of one of our church members, who she had long before she became a Christian. He had been living with his father, for when he was four years old, his mother had left for another man before she became a Christian. He never knew if he was going to eat that day, and no one really cared what he did or where he went. He did go to school, but at 12 he still couldn't read or write, even though he had been pushed along the system as he had picked up coping mechanisms that when he was in a class of 40 or 50, the teacher wouldn't notice. But I had picked up on the problem and caught him at it almost immediately of repeating what others were saying, so fast that one would think it wasn't a repeat. But I knew he saw the letters correctly, because he could copy text really fast off the blackboard, forming his letters correct despite not being able to tell me which letter was which. I started working with him to read, and through observation noticed that he didn't remember as is normal here in this culture. We seem to be going over the same thing and not advancing. Not long after that, the teacher in the local school, who has sorcery herself, told his mother that he had a problem, as when they took the exams, he couldn't write the responses. His mother, who had also been delivered from a sorcery demon, realized that he had a problem himself, as he had said to her, like seeing things and talking about visiting places that he had never physically been to. Fidel made a plan to pray with them and for him, and he came and he prayed and Bienvenu started to talk. He told how a neighbor lady had given him some food with some powder on it, and being a hungry young boy, he ate it. But by eating it and not being under the protection of God, he was given the demon of sorcery, which then had been controlling him for a number of years, which is why he couldn't move forward in school as the demons blocked him. He told how he had been to secret meetings at night through sorcery and had visited towns which he had never physically been to. He explained how he had killed people through the means of sorcery and had killed several during his time living in the village. He had been working for us during the summer and on Sundays, and we had lost many animals, and he said he had been the one to kill them through sorcery. He said he wanted to be delivered and prayed the prayer of accepting Jesus as his Savior. Fidel then rebuked the demons, and he fell on the floor. He said the demon left when he came to, and he said he saw a black figure leaving him. They prayed again. When he left, Fidel prayed prayed for him off and on for the next few weeks, and then had another session with him in which he was freed completely. He was better for about a month, 
but the demons decided they couldn't let him stay where he was free from them, and they pushed him to leave his mother's house and return into town, where his father was. He was seen by a few people, but he was back to wandering around again. And the demons took him over again, and we couldn't contact him. Almost all the time, the demon doesn't let go and keeps on pushing their victims to let them in again. Let's listen to another event that took place where demons tormented a woman in the village. Clarice lived across the street from a member of the church. She had been sick for a while and they had gone from hospital to hospital. At the best hospital in the country, which happens to be in our town, they told her that there was nothing physically wrong with her. After having done multiple tests, that her sickness wasn't for the hospital. It was caused by satanic attack. They had gone to the fire church, an evangelical church in the area, which they call down fire all the time, and where they had to burn all her fetish stuff. But they gave her a bunch of other stuff to use. But nothing helped. By the suggestion of the evangelist Charles, She started sleeping at the church member's house across the road, and he called in on them every night to wake up and pray. During that time, she felt much better and continued her Bible studies. She chose to accept Jesus as her Savior, but Satan wasn't at all happy about that decision, and she went under more attack. Her feet swelled up, and she had serious lower abdominal pain caused by one of the demons that visited her. Child asked myself and two others ladies to come, and we went and we prayed for her for three hours one Sabbath afternoon. As we arrived, she came out and greeted us. We went into a room and sang and read a few Bible verses. But she wouldn't make eye contact with us and was just there, not interacting. Child asked her to say, Jesus is Lord. She did, and he said, Jesus is my Savior. She couldn't and started acting weird. So we started praying and rebuking Satan. She went down on the mat that she had been sitting on, and we continued to pray and rebuke. She started to wiggle around and let out some squeals. Finally, she went lax. I was watching closely, and Charles said, it was finished. I said, no, they haven't gone yet. So we continued, and she wiggled some more. Finally, we quit. But I couldn't tell if she was completely free. Although some demons had left, I called her name a few times until she came to and sat up, looked around like she didn't know where she was. I told her that she was in her room and we were praying for her. She said that her lower abdominal pain was better. Finally, we sang our last song and left. We prayed together in the car, the only private place that we could find, and the lady went home across the road and we left making plans to meet again on Monday. Monday morning, I went to town and picked up Charles and one of the ladies, and Clarice came back to our land. We gathered chairs and a mat and water and a phone and went to an area where I had cleared out the brush and plants and made an area for prayer and other activities so it wouldn't have to be in our house. It started with prayer and confession and a song, and then Fidel started praying, and immediately she went floppy and unconscious. So the other lady, Elise, and I carried her to the mat and laid her down and made sure her clothes were covering her. As each different spirit was dealt with, she went through different movements. At one point, Elise took a fabric that she uses to carry her child with and tied it around the waist of Gladys so her wrap and her skirt wouldn't come off. 
Towards the end, she looked like she was just resting, but her hand told otherwise as her fingers walked around or moved around in a circle on the mat. I said, what is she doing with her hand? So Fidel asked her what she was trying to say. He said, I told you guys, you have to leave. No response. So we prayed again and he ordered the spirits given to her by her parents to leave her alone. She gyrated some more and went into a calm and my phone battery was dead as I had been videoing taping almost the whole thing. So I made a mad dash to the house to get a battery to charge it and by the time I got back she was sitting up in her right mind. So I put the phone away. We prayed and sang one more time and praised God for his deliverance. We prayed over some stuff that she had gotten from the fire church church and burned them. Then I took them all back into town. She's a changed person as God has freed her from the demons that kept her in prison. Her health problems have diminished and she is able to move around freely. God's name be praised. God's name be praised indeed. Did Clarice find deliverance from the spirits that tormented her? Let's find out. Fidel, André, Alice, and Charles had been praying and going through deliverance with Clarice for the past couple of days. It had been going well, as well as deliverances go. But the next day, she was supposed to tell them what she needed to burn from her parents' house. But Satan also wasn't willing to let that happen, so the next day she was unresponsive when the guys got there. She was lying on the ground and not speaking, not even opening her mouth, and with her eyes tightly closed, not able to open, not responsive to anyone who talked to her, no fever. So they called me and asked a few questions to make sure she didn't have malaria, which can make people act sometimes like they are possessed. But when I had eliminated malaria and was like, what can I do? Then Fidel called me and told me to go. So I went, praying on the way and preparing myself. And sure enough, she was lying on the floor on a cloth and non-responsive. I sat on the floor, she didn't have any chairs, against the wall away from her feet and listened to what they told me. I was informed as to what had happened the day before. As they were talking, I said that I thought that Satan had blocked up her eyes and mouth so she couldn't say anything and to get the rest of her stuff burned. And I'm sure that the Holy Spirit was guiding my words and my thoughts. I got mad at Satan as I had noticed that when I had said that Satan was blocking her from talking, that she ticked, jerked a bit. I knew that I was on the right path. So I started grumbling at Satan and told him that I know that he's listening to all that we're saying and that he will need to go. And as I started talking, she started to wiggle and howl and twist and turn so that the other guys started to rebuke Satan also. I read several verses and reminded Satan that Jesus is victor over him and won the battle on the cross and that he gave us the authority over him and could rebuke him and send him out. So this went on like this for three hours. My poor voice and throat were hurting as I had had a cough, but some water helped. As we continued, it was very noisy in there as we were all talking, singing, rebuking at once. Then we started to order him to release her mouth and her eyes, which after another 15 to 20 minutes, they started to slowly open. I put the Bible on her head as we commanded and prayed to God for help. Finally, she was able to speak and she confessed that Jesus is Lord, the Lord of her life, and slowly she was able to get up with more rebuking and praying, and very slowly was able to walk around the room, as she wasn't able to do that before. After a few minutes, she had come to her right mind enough that Charles asked her what had happened the night before. 
and she said that in a dream there was a young girl who came and gave her an avocado, and she had eaten it in the dream. But it had blocked her throat and made it so she couldn't talk, or even breathing was hard. After explaining she was ready to burn her stuff, the reason why Satan had blocked up her throat. We had her speaking to Shah's phone that told her mother to get the stuff that her father had given her in ceremony before he had become like a crazy guy. We didn't want her to go under attack again, so Shal and I went with the truck to get the stuff. He went in, and I stayed in the car. His mother brought out the stuff that she knew about, and we brought it back to where Clarice is living. But when we got back, she said, no, there was still another bottle with some powder in it. She spoke into the phone again, informing her mother to get the bottle. So we went back and got it at her parents' house. When we got back to Clarice's house, we all got in the car and we went to my house out in the bush to burn the stuff as we couldn't do it in town, as everyone would be there looking and thinking we were offering a fetish instead of burning stuff. Her face was really puffed up and she was very weak and she could hardly walk any distance that day, but the next day she was much better. A couple of days later, she had a major stomach pain and it wasn't getting better. So after looking at the situation, we took her to the hospital and they moved her from one area to another. And apparently she had major constipation. So she did the $200 poop and after a few days with diuretics and laxatives, all the stuff was cleaned out of her body. Probably partly from weird stuff and powders that they gave her in ceremonies and the fact that she didn't drink enough water. So today, she is free, and wow, the difference is great. She is now able to pray out loud with confidence. We helped her get out of her father's house, as the situation for her security was getting worse, and we weren't sure her father wouldn't kill her as he was becoming crazy in his head. Our God is an awesome God, and He reigns from heaven above, and is always ready to free anyone who comes to Him for help. No demon can have authority over God. They tremble in fear by the mention of God's name. There is no reason for us to fear the demonic forces. Join us again for more stories of Susie and Fidel as they continue to serve God in West Africa.